This is COVID Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Aaron Granillo. We are going to pull back a little bit from our usual focus on local news and discuss what's happening nationally. Now, as we record this, the Senate committee is discussing plans for reopening schools and offices. Committee members include Washington Senator Patty Murray. We need a comprehensive national vaccine plan from the Trump administration as soon as possible. And the vaccine must be safe, effective, and accessible to everyone. She said that we will not stop this disease until we have a vaccine, but she's concerned about how the Trump administration will handle the development and distribution. In light of the hydroxychloroquine debacle and the removal of Dr. Bright from BARDA for questioning the administration's efforts to promote that unproven treatment, we cannot take for granted this process will be free of political influence. We have to demand serious oversight. And Murray also brought up the Trump administration's response to make and distribute coronavirus tests. She called that a failure, and she said that mistake cannot be repeated when it comes time to distribute a vaccine. The head of the CDC, Dr. Robert Redfield, is among those fielding the questions. In the United States, daily cases are increasing after an extended decline. We're seeing significant increases in the southeast and southwest regions of this nation. As is the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci. We are now having 40-plus thousand new cases a day. I would not be surprised if we go up to 100,000 a day if this does not turn around. And so I am very concerned. And he discussed progress on finding a vaccine. There is no guarantee, and anyone who's been involved in vaccinology will tell you, that we will have a safe and effective vaccine. But we are cautiously optimistic. He did say researchers should know more about how effective a vaccine will be by winter or early next year. And hopefully there will be doses of a vaccine by the beginning of 2021. Of course, big question lots of parents have, when can my kids go back to school? Here's Fauci's answer. There are things that can creatively be done about modifying things like the school schedule, alternate days, morning versus evening, allowing under certain circumstances uh, online virtual lessons. Those are the kind of things that we need to um, consider, but also importantly, always make the goal that it is very important to get the children back to school for the unintended negative consequences that occur when we keep them out of school. This hearing comes as cases of the virus have spiked across the United States. More than 125,000 people in the U.S. have died from the coronavirus, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And we now have some 2.5 million confirmed cases. It is going to be very disturbing. I will guarantee you that. Because when you have an outbreak in one part of the country, even though in other parts of the country they're doing well, they are vulnerable. I made that point very clearly last week at a press conference. We can't just focus on those areas that are having the surge. It puts the entire country at risk. And as case numbers do rise again, some states are pausing or at least walking back planned reopenings. Broward County is joining other parts of Florida and closing its beaches from July 3rd through July 5th. Here's the mayor. We know that if we stay open, we'll have a crowd here. And that would lead to further spread of the COVID-19 disease. And California Governor Gavin Newsom says some bars will need to close again in certain areas. And the governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, says he's delaying restaurant reopenings. We do not believe it is prudent at this time to push forward with what is, in effect, a sedentary indoor activity, especially when we know that this virus moves differently indoors than out 
making it even more deadly. In Houston, Mayor Sylvester Turner is seeing about 700 new cases a day. This is not a political deal. Wearing masks is not based on ideology. Those who are wearing masks doesn't mean that you're liberal and progressive. And if you don't wear a mask, doesn't mean that you're conservative or something else. And in Arizona, Governor Doug Ducey is closing down gathering spots like bars and water parks. And in Delaware, health officials are asking teens who went to a senior week gathering at Rehoboth and Dewey Beaches to get a coronavirus test because there was someone who was infected and attended those parties. And it's notable that some of the states that were most determined to reopen, like Texas and Arizona, are now finding themselves having to reconsider that because the virus has its own rules. It doesn't care about politics. And it's decided that if you uh, gather in bars and closed spaces without taking precautions, then it's going to spread. There's also some uh, recent research indicating that the virus is mutating, that one of the spikes specifically on the virus, you remember, you remember the shape of it and how it has those little spikes there, um, has mutated to make it even more infectious. And as this particular mutation takes effect, you are going to see increased spread of the virus if this research is accurate. So it gets down to the same old thing that you've heard again and again and again. Uh, Maintain distance, and if you're in a closed room, at least make sure everybody else around you has a mask, including you. And uh, don't stay there too long. The European Union is reopening. And they are banning American tourists. Here's CBS's Vicki Barker. In theory, the EU's list is reviewed every two weeks, but the U.S. is unlikely to make the cut anytime soon. Only visitors from countries with the lowest COVID infection rates are being allowed in for now. The U.S. continues to have the world's highest. So here's this for some scale. We make up 4% of the world's population, but we have about 25% of the world's coronavirus cases. U.S. also has the highest number of Cases in the highest death toll of any country in the world and our death rate from the virus is twice as high as the next country down on that list. That's Brazil. The list of nations the EU has approved includes Australia, Canada and New Zealand. Also, travelers from China will be permitted. And I asked CBS foreign analyst Pamela Falk about that decision. China is subject to reciprocity, and that means that they have explicitly said, Dave, that uh, if China lets European Union members in, then European Union will let China members in. So it's supposed to be a combination of agreement to reciprocate and the rate of infection. But obviously the rate of infection of China is pretty high, so uh, it's not the only criteria. And the U.S. has, since the beginning of the pandemic, banned many European countries. So the way Pamela Falk explains this, this sounds like more of a retaliatory move by the EU, right? I suggested that it was tit for tat, and she said, well, that's not the diplomatic term they use. It's reciprocal, but it's tit for tat. All right, now let's get back to our local focus. So what do we know about how the virus is spreading in Washington? Here is Kiowa Radio's Hannah Scotts with an updated case count. More than 500 new coronavirus cases were reported in Washington state yesterday and another 10 deaths, bringing the total number of coronavirus cases since the start of the pandemic to 32,253 in Washington state with 1,320 deaths. Meantime, King County has now surpassed the 10,000 mark for total cases, which now stand at 10,069, including 168 new cases yesterday. That is concerning to King County Public Health Officer Dr. Jeff Duchin. He says we need to continue to take this seriously. What this 
means increasing cases over the past two weeks means we're having more contact with one another, but not taking more precautions. And that's giving COVID-19 too many opportunities to spread from person to person. The challenge we face from COVID-19 will be long-term, and it requires us to fundamentally change the way we interact with one another for the foreseeable future if we're to move forward safely. We can't completely eliminate the risk of COVID-19, but we can and must understand that risk and take steps to decrease it. Unless we, can success, unless we can successfully manage the risk of COVID-19, it will be very difficult to continue to reopen and move forward. Mm. And Duchin emphasizes that the virus is not gone. And there seems to be a misperception that because we're reopening, the risk of COVID-19 has receded. But the truth is that the virus is still widespread in the community and the risk for infection remains serious. COVID-19 connects us all through the air we breathe, and we're depending on one another to prevent infections and stay safe. Everyone needs to do their part. I remember it wasn't long ago when we were seeing 150, 200 cases statewide. Uh, Now we're seeing those kind of numbers across one county in King County. So, yeah, it is not gone. Not, Not at all. No. And it's a very discouraging stage we're in because we've been through the total isolation gambit before. It was not fun. It killed the economy. And to return to that again would be devastating. And so it's up to our ability to discipline ourselves to wear masks and maintain that buffer zone and hope that uh, it remains a mild infection for uh, younger people and that they don't interact with too many older people so that the hospitals end up being packed with COVID cases. We will be back tomorrow and every day after with a 10-minute rundown of the daily local news. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can also find our news coverage on MyNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.